grand fanfare welcome to our podcast, Keeping Up With The Windsors, dedicated to the royal family. Each episode will be crowned to the rafters with opinions, news and commentary on the comings and goings of the family of Windsor. With your hosts and royal fangirls, Rachel Andrews and Michelle Thole. So grab yourself a cuppa, straighten up your tiara, shine your knighthood, round up your corgis and and let's keep up with the Windsors. Hello and welcome to the podcast. My name is Michelle. And I'm Rachel. And welcome, welcome, welcome. You know, last week we had like a really, I don't want to say easy podcast, Rach, but we had kind of like, it was quite quiet for news, wasn't it? And then this week it's like, bam! Yeah, it was a bit um, chilled out last week, wasn't it? And then everything's like come at once this week, I think. Yeah, it has. Um, How are you doing? Have you had a good week? Yeah, really good. I went to um, London last week, which was really nice. The first time um, since COVID happened. So I had a bit of a royal day. Went to um, the Tower of London, which was brilliant. Saw the crown jewels and they are absolutely magnificent in real life. Yeah, we were only talking about the um, the crown jewels in, was it episode 10, the state crown affair? Yeah. Yeah, so it was really good to see them in person. But the annoying thing is, like, you can't really, don't have a lot of time to see them because it's there. you're on, like, a escalator. Yeah, it's quite annoying, isn't it? Yeah, so you can't really take that long to see them. But I can understand because, obviously, people would just crowd around that for ages, wouldn't they? Absolutely. If you are listening right now, um, <laughs> this week, Rach, it was hilarious. I texted my sister, Samantha, and I said, could you please ask Alexa to play Keeping Up With The Windsors podcast? Because <laughs> I wanted to see whether Alexa knew who you were. And she texts back, she was like, Alexa's <laughs> playing Keeping Up With The Windsors podcast. <laughs> so if you have Alexa out there, or if I've already set off Alexa by me just saying that, why not ask her to play our podcast and see what happens? <laughs> Brilliant. Yes, so feel free to listen in any of those podcast platforms. Right, shall we get on with the the Royal Roundup? Royal Roundup, yeah. We've got a lot to talk about this week, so let's do it. Let's do it. All right, we're going to start the Royal Roundup with today, which is the 10th of June, which is when we're recording this episode. And it actually marks uh, what would have been Prince Philip's 100th birthday today. And we've had some lovely footage of the Queen being given a Duke of Edinburgh rose. And this was, I think it was Keith Weed is his name, who's the president of the Royal Horticultural Society. And they planted uh, the rose at Windsor Castle. And what I loved about this was how informal it was. The Queen was wearing this floral blue dress with a white cardigan. It looked really just easy breezy. And it was just, yeah, it was, I think it's a lovely way to mark his 100th birthday as well. Yeah, and I think as well, something like, you know, when they plant flowers or trees, it's something that's going to be there for years and years to come. So, yeah, it was a really nice touching moment, obviously, for Her Majesty to receive that gift. And, yeah, just um, 100 years. Wow. Yeah. Obviously, a shame that he's not here to celebrate with the family. But I think um, Prince Edward gave an interview recently and he himself said, he, although we would have loved to have him to have been here, he would not have wanted yeah. the fuss. Yeah, very fuss free. Um, and, and obviously, I think that's one of the reasons why this being a very informal marking of his birthday suited him. So it was him and his personality and, and the rose looked lovely. Really, really lovely. 
We also heard this week that Windsor Castle and Holyrood House will be putting on special Prince Philip displays. And there's got to be over 150 objects on display. And these will include, so this is uh, this is the exciting bit, the wedding breakfast menu for his, him and the Queen's wedding. Like, I just really want to know what they ate yeah. <laughs> on that day. Um, Prince Philip's coronation robe and coronet. And if you've ever been to Buckingham Palace, you'll see in the throne room, they've got, um, it's called the chair of a state. So they've got the Queens and they've got Prince Phillips. That chair will actually be on display. The Journal of Queen Victoria, where she writes about Prince Philip's mother being born at Windsor Castle, and also a portrait of Prince Philip by George A. Weymouth. And just a few dates for you. It opens, so this these special um, displays open in Windsor Castle on the 24th of June and then Holyrood House on the 23rd of July. Now, Rach, we have to go back to Windsor Castle. So shall we see if we can get a date where we can actually go and see the exhibition? Absolutely, yeah. that I, I would love to see that, um, especially the letter from Queen Victoria. Yeah. The diary entry that'll be um, amazing to see won't it? yeah absolutely so I'm really really looking forward to this and we'll keep you informed we have to also note the last week in a, a last week's episode we mo- we spoke about the platinum jubilee lovely Rachel's looked online and most of the hotels <laughs> that day so we're gonna try our best I mean like I say um Rachel and I are just a train ride away from London but we would have liked to have stayed over so we are still holding our breath for um the next year but anyway that's that's another story so moving on Prince Charles had a full day of engagements in Oxford he visited Somerville College in celebration of their 140th anniversary which also marked a 100 years of Oxford degrees for women um, and that was important because it was created for women at the time who was refused entry into university. Now, it's hard to think now that that was only 100 years ago, that women was not allowed to go to university. I know, I know. Oh, how far we've come, hey? How far we've come. He then went to the Oxford Botanical Garden, which is the oldest in the UK, which he's been a patron of since 1991. And um, this garden was founded in 1621 and comprised of medical plants which were used by medical students at the university. And what I loved about this engagement was that he um, he planted a tree and he always says whenever he plants a tree, he always pats it and he goes, good luck, tree. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I think we should do is uh, during at the start of our podcast, we've now had three planting of trees we had the cambridges at st andrews planting a tree now we've got the queen planting that well not she didn't plant it but on her behalf it was planted for duke of edinburgh and now we've got prince charles i think we need like a little woo every time <laughs> a tree's planted on the podcast yeah. <laughs> it's a tree we should say it's a tree and then we should what, what what did he say Good luck tree. What did he say? Good luck tree. Yeah. Good, good luck tree. Every single time we announce <laughs> a, a a planting of a tree, we all need to say, "Good luck tree." Good luck. Good luck and tree. be on your merry way <laughs> <laughs> to infinity and beyond. <laughs> <laughs> he then visited Mini, the car manufacturer. He then test drove an electric car, which has been added to the Mini collection. And when he gave, was given his speech, he quoted Sir Michael Caine and um, he said, at least I didn't blow the bloody doors off. <laughs> That's from the Italian job, isn't it? Yeah, it's in reference to a film. Yeah. Um, so 
he was using his wit about him there. <laughs> I loved, I, I loved um, when you saw the video of him because all you could see he had his mask on. You just see his like his eyes. <laughs> you just when he yeah. was smiling, you could tell that he was having a really good time. You're like, yeah, look at me in my mini. Yeah, and then he um, he was given a speech. And in his speech, he said the development of technology like electric vehicles is vital for maintaining the health of our world for future generations. Something I am only too aware of today, having recently become a grandfather for the fifth time. Mm. And obviously this is in relation to um, Lilibet Diana, which we'll be discussing later in the Royal News. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So what else have been going on in the uh, Royal Roundup for you, Rach? So we've had a few engagements from Princess Eugenie and she commemorated Cancer Survivors Day. She met Darcy through at Teenage Cancer, who was being supported by the charity, Christy Charity. And she said, I'm thinking of all the young people doing their best to cope with the artifacts of treatment and wishing them strength and hope. And um, so this is obviously um, a charity that she's involved with. I didn't know this about her, but um, this was up on her Instagram and then she also visited Forest for Change at Somerset House with the Global Girls and she was celebrating World Oceans Day and if you saw her Instagram she posted this lovely little video of um, baby August and he was holding this like little dolphin teddy and it was just like him gurgling away you couldn't see his face but it was just super cute. I thought it was a blue whale. I mean it it could have been a way, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever it was, it was super cute, cuddly toy. Um, you could just see the back of his head. He's like a little bouncer. Um, and what I love about um, Princess Eugenie is she actually runs her own Instagram account. Well, we think she do anyway. So everything that comes yeah. through is always, I did this. It's always in like the first person, not just the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge did this and whatever. So it's so personalized to her I actually didn't realize she had an Instagram or social media this week until I started following her yeah and she's actually got a new role and she has become the ambassador for Blue Marine Foundation um, which is in association with World Ocean Day that's wonderful I actually liked the look of that exhibition Mm, yeah definitely got some amazing stuff coming up in London I can't wait to go yeah I was just about to say that I was going to say there's so many things that are coming up and the only thing that's a bit annoying is that if you're ever I mean it's probably wherever you are in the world but in London any type of museum you visit you have to pre-book even if it's a free museum you have to pre-book tickets. We've had Princess Eugenie this week but we've also had Princess Beatrice and there was a picture of her out and about with her husband Eduardo and she was showing her baby bump for the first time in a green Zara dress a denim jacket and trainers first time we saw a baby bump and she just looked really happy out and about enjoying the uh, London sunshine we've had a little bit of that this week yeah um we also had Camilla visited the V&A Museum I absolutely want to go to this exhibition and um, she was there to see On Point which is 100 years of the Royal Academy of Dance exhibition um, and she got some um, tips from the ballerina Darcy Bustle did she really yeah so you could see her like Darcy was there doing like a bit of a point and show as such and Camilla gave it a bit of a go Darcy's at everything whenever it comes to ballet Darcy's there yeah and they also discussed the silver swans ballet classes for over 50s which we've seen Camilla um talk about before um because she is actually the um, patron of the Royal Society of Dance isn't she she is and also today as we're recording Camilla is visiting the Garden Museum London um, where she's opening British Flowers Week. Oh, that's going to be um, some lovely pictures going to come out from that, I bet. 
lovely pictures and I'm expecting a beautiful mask moment. Yeah, she was wearing a dragonfly mask again this week and I still haven't bought mine. I'm going to get my mask game together. And uh, and when I do, guess what? I'm going to put a picture up on our Instagram at, <laughs> at Keep It Up With The Windsor's pod. So stay tuned. <laughs> so let's talk about the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge. And this week we've had two different hold still videos and little bits on their social media. And uh, the first one was Gimba, the ward host. And I really enjoyed um, listening to Gimba's story. Uh, but she actually heard that her mother had fallen ill and um, had been rushed to hospital but she decided not to go back to Nigeria to be with her she decided to stay because she didn't want to let her patients down and it was a picture of her eating her lunch in the staff room and it was just a a lovely conversation with her and the Duchess and then um, a little bit later on in the week we had another hold still video on YouTube of the Duchess of Cambridge talking to Sammy who moved to London just before the lockdown and then started volunteering at a nearby food hub and again it was so lovely because you could feel the spirit and the community in the video whilst they were talking um so that was basically everything that was going on with the Cambridges this week however we did have a little rumor um it is a rumor it hasn't been um completely you know set in stone or anything but there was a rumor that um Catherine and William may potentially be moving to Scotland to Balmoral um again I don't know where this came from it's probably one of the Twitterverse uh, conversations but yeah I've never I haven't heard of this yeah they said because of the success of the um well I mean this is this is literally just hearsay this isn't this isn't coming from any royal spokesperson but apparently because any because of the success of the Scotland trip with Scottish independence I think this may possibly be a move for them to be in Scotland and to create some unity within the two countries England and uh, Scotland but there's no royal people in Wales I think the, the the Prince of Wales should live in Wales, but that's my own opinion. <laughs> I should live in Cardiff Castle. Yeah, I think, like you said, this is, this is just a rumour. I personally can't see it happening um, just because, you know, London is their base, their office as such. And, you know, that's where the children go to school. And then they go to, I think, is it Norfolk at the weekends, don't they? They do, yeah. And then there was another bit of controversy this week with um, Oxford Uni. Their student union had a picture of the Queen and that was taken down. And there was a big uproar about them taking down the Queen's picture and whether it should stay up or whether it shouldn't. And then I found out the most interesting fact. And I I need all of our lovely Australian royal community out there. Let us know on Instagram, is it true that any Australian citizen is entitled to a picture of the Queen? I heard this. I didn't know whether it was true or not. So I've heard that if you ask for um, a picture to your local councillor, they they have to send one to you. I don't know whether this is like a complete rumour or not, but I thought it was super interesting. And we know we've got some beautiful royal community listeners in Australia. And we'd love for you to um, give us the royal <laughs> scoop. <laughs> is this true? Why isn't this a thing in the UK? I want a picture of Her Majesty. But we don't know whether it is true, but I heard it today. And I thought, I'm going to ask the royal community whether this is true or not. <laughs> <laughs> 
this week it was the Duke and Duchess of Kent's 60th wedding anniversary. And I just want to give you a few little facts about their wedding. They got married in York Minster in 1961. And it was the first royal wedding to be held there since Edward III married Philippa of Hainault in 1328. Wow. I know. I love a good royal fact. Yeah, that's a... going back into the royal archives isn't it it is definitely so uh happy wedding anniversary to the duke and duchess of kent who is the queen's cousin that's correct isn't it he's the queen's cousin um let's move to the princess royal she had three engagements this week that we know about as we know with the princess royal she probably had about 100 (laughs) we we (laughs) want to see more what's the word documentation Social media presence. Yeah, we, yeah. we need a social media presence for the, royal, the Princess Royal. But I think she kind of likes that in a sense, doesn't she? She just goes there and gets on with the job. She epitomises keep calm and carry on, doesn't she? She's probably um, inherited that from her father, hasn't she? Oh, yeah, definitely. He doesn't want to fuss. He doesn't want to fuss. So she uh, was up in Scotland this week. She visited Strathcarran uh, Hospice, who was celebrating their 40th anniversary. And what I loved about this, on their website, they said that they've got a few traditions every time that the Princess Royal comes to visit. The first is in the morning... All of the staff have bacon rolls and throughout the day, they're allowed to have as many Empire Biscuits as they want. And I was like, I love it. But you know what? I don't know what an Empire Biscuit is. No, what's an Empire Biscuit? Yeah. Royal community, let us know if you know what an Empire Biscuit is. Please tell us. Like a rich tea, maybe? Wasn't a couple of episodes ago, we were talking about a biscuit. In New Zealand? Oh yeah, it was Anzac Biscuits, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So now we need to know the Australian community. We need to know whether you're allowed a free Her Majesty picture, and <laughs> anyone else anywhere around the world. Do you know where an Empire biscuit is? Please. We need to know. And also, maybe next live we'll have some Empire biscuits and we'll try them out. We'll do like a little taste test. When <laughs> she was in Scotland, she also went to the Iona Community Opening. This is an abbey. This had a 3.75 million refurbishment and installation of disabled access facilities. And also the Princess Royal travelled to Dorset to celebrate the first anniversary of the 13th Signal Regiment. Um, And this is the Royal Corps of Signal. I don't know what any of that means, but (laughs) it's all army stuff. Um, Sorry, I'm just really out of the loop when it comes to um, army and military. During the week, the Princess Royal also attended the Gloucestershire Rugby Football Union Volunteer Awards Reception. I took a deep breath for that, Rach. (laughs) (laughs) And she uh, presented volunteer awards there as well. So she's had a super, super busy week. Yeah, I mean, it would just be nice to see more of her, wouldn't it, on the social media? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's it for the Royal Roundup. Let's move on to the Royal News for the week. Let's do it. So this week, the Earl and Countess of Wessex gave an interview to The Telegraph magazine, which was really interesting and um, a bit of a surprise because it's a bit sometimes a bit weird to see the royals in a magazine, like when it's not just about their engagements. So this was really interesting. And this interview, what I really enjoyed about it was that you could just tell that they were being truthful and honest and they were given their own opinions and perspectives on events that have recently happened. Yeah. So obviously the interviewer asked them about Prince Philip's funeral. And Sophie said it was when the order was given to the soldiers to invert their weaponry, everything went still. 
And then when she saw Prince Edward walking in the procession, um, she said, I think the fact that there were so few of us only saved to raise the intensity of it. And I definitely felt that when I was watching the funeral procession. It would have been obviously on a much grander scale. And we discussed that on the podcast episode about Prince Philip's funeral, didn't we? Yeah, we did. It was something that was so plain to see that this was a family funeral and it was so intimate. So I think her recollection of that, it did come through on the on the TV screen for us. Yeah, and then Edward went on um, to say about the near-empty chapel. He said, it's always difficult with these kinds of things because you're in the middle of it. So you've got no idea what it necessarily looks like from the outside. It became really poignant to be there because it was suddenly so very intimate. So again, like what we've just said, um, confirms what they were feeling as a family because they would have expected it to be on a much grander scale as well, wouldn't they? Yeah, and I think sometimes when there's a lot of people there, you get to put on the mask of okay well I'm just going to say hi to that person or that person and and your grief takes a step back the more intimate it is the Mm -hmm. less of that that um shield shall we say that gets buffered um if if that makes sense what I'm saying yeah Sophie then went on to say that she sympathized with the queen saying to see her majesty on her own it was very poignant and I think obviously everybody felt that didn't they they did yeah yeah her and Edward said that taking on a more prominent role in the slimmed down monarchy, um, they called it very flattering, and that their children still expected to see their grandpa arrive in his green land rover, oh, which was really sad. Yeah. Bless him. And I think obviously it's quite hard because their children, I think Lady Louise is 17 and um, James, I think he's probably about 11 or 12. So when you're that age and you probably never experienced grief before and when it's on such a worldwide scale, it it must be very um, hard for them. Um, Because I remember when my grandfather passed away when I was that age, it was really hard to take. Yeah. Um, So my heart just goes out to them, really. Yeah. And I think anyone that's been affected by grief will know that they'll know that feeling and also um you get the milestones as well coming up so obviously today is a milestone for them it it would have been his 100th birthday Mm. and that really sits and um it hits deeper every single time there's that milestone so it's just those moments isn't it sometimes grief you just kind of get on with your day and then you just get how can I put it you get interrupted by it and you just can't put it back it just floods out of you so and they're never really going to say exactly what they feel because they know it's going to be broadcast worldwide but um, yeah. the the interviewer asked them about Harry and Meghan and the countess said she had a lengthy chat with Prince Harry at the funeral and that the royals are still a family no matter what happens which again we've said before in the past we said it doesn't matter if they're royal or not they are still a family yeah. um and then when, when they was asked about the interview, Edward joked and he said, Oprah who? And then she said, yes, what interview? <laughs> <laughs> and there was there has been controversy over those specific words because a lot of people are like, how do they not know Oprah? But that's very British humour to go, Oprah who? It's a very British yeah. thing. So it might not translate in a comical way, other people if that makes sense especially if you're reading it say on twitter or in a magazine and you don't necessarily get the 
the British humor, shall shall we say, in that respect? Because there were some people taking that very personally. Um, how do you not know who Oprah is? That's not what he was saying. He didn't mm. say that at all. He actually was saying he knows who Oprah is. She's so big that he's making a joke out of it. Like, Oprah who? You know? Yeah. Well, the uh, the Countess of Wessex went to the South Africa. They, she knows Oprah exists because she went to her school in South Africa. I'm like, yeah. oh, that's not what she was saying in the interview. It got like it got really taken out of context, didn't it? And I've I've seen things over social media over the past week, and it's just kind of like, oh, really? Like, like you said, like he was. They were probably just saying it in jest. It's kind of like a way of saying, right, let's move on now because I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> and it's no offence to Oprah, but not everybody would know who Oprah is. I'm sure there's people who are super famous out there and I have no clue who they are because it's just not my vibe. So <laughs> to assume everyone's going to know everyone that you know seems quite um, self-involved to me. Yeah, and I think maybe if Oprah, if her chat show was still on TV now, then maybe, you know, more people would know about her. Mm. But again, like you said, like, it's one of those things where she's not really in the public eye as such now, is she? She's kind of a more a behind-the-scenes person. Yeah. So she shared an antidote about the Archbishop of Canterbury apparently having a long conversation with Winfrey at Harry and Meghan's wedding in 2018 without having a clue who she was. And then the Countess... um leaps to the most reverend Justin Welby's defense and says you know if you're not into chat shows there's no reason why you should know who she is certainly not in this country anyway and everyone was saying that was like a proper dig at Oprah but again it's one of those things that if you don't know who she is you don't know who she is exactly not everyone on this planet knows who Oprah Winfrey is. But also, I just think, like, do I know any, like, really super famous chat show hosts in Italy or Germany or Russia or Israel or um, New Zealand? Or Just yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't know all those people. But I think she was coming to his defense because it's not his fault that he doesn't know who she is. Yeah. Ugh, that got me. That, I don't know. There was something that angered me about that because I'm thinking... You're going to just argue about anything that any of the royal family are going to say. So it doesn't even matter where she says, Oprah is the most amazing person I've ever met in my life. They would have had to go go saying she's only said that because, (laughs) you know. They was asked about the Queen. Um, Edward said she's been keeping busy saying the job is not something you can walk away from. It just carries on relentlessly. People deal with grief in different ways and her way maybe is keeping busy. So she doesn't really have a lot of time to think about what she's now missing. It's hard because there's no rule book to grief. There's Everybody's got to deal with it in completely different ways. So yeah, if, if she's busy, it doesn't mean she's not upset or she's not hurt or whatever. She's just getting on with things. I think maybe next year after the Platinum Jubilee, we might see, I mean, we haven't really seen a lot of her. We know that she's been holding audiences and they always post that on Twitter, on their royal family Twitter account that she holds um, audiences, but, and we know this week she's meeting um, the US president, isn't she, President Biden? Um, so that will be one of the first times since the Prince, since Prince Philip's um, passing that we've seen her on an actual official capacity. We'll speak more about the, um, the Biden 
engagement next week, which I'm really excited to see all of the info that comes out from that. And then we had an interview with Prince Edward. What he said was, with a question about the royal feud, shall we say, <laughs> not a feud, but you know, we'll just put it that way. Um, I, he said, I stay way out of it. It's much the safest place to be. And then the interviewer asked um, if there was any sadness by how it played out. And he said, oh, of course, there are lots of issues and circumstances there, but we've all been through it. We've all had the same spotlight shone on our lives. We've been subjected to massive intrusion and all the rest of it. And we deal with it in different ways. So that's what he was saying about... Um, the press intrusion and the institution stuff. So the interview. And then the interviewer asked about Lilibet and uh, that um, a name that will be very meaningful for your family is what the interviewer said. And then Edward said, we, we, we just wish them all happiness. Did you like my little acting bit there? He kind of stuttered. Uh, that's fantastic <laughs> news. And yeah, absolutely. I hope they're very happy. So we actually just poo-pooed the whole thing and didn't really give any controversy he was very very royal about it yeah it was quite um, a diplomatic response wasn't it because they've all whenever they have interviews like this they're probably told by their press secretaries say this say that and they probably have like they're probably given the list of questions beforehand so they can kind of construct their answers before they actually go on camera I mean they've had media training they, they obviously have PR training, but I also think this interview has been tiptoed very gently because of the interview that happened with Edward and Sophie and then having that bit of backlash about what was said. So mm. I and also there has been a massive backlash with the name of Lilibet Diana. OK, and now we're moving on to the exciting but controversial yeah controversial and most talked about uh royal news of the week and we've had harry and megan's baby being born lilybet diana mountbatten windsor lilybet was born on friday june the 4th at 11 40 a.m i know this because there's an official statement and i'm going to read that out to you now it is with great joy that prince harry and megan the duke and duchess of sussex welcome their daughter lilybet Lily, Diana Mountbatten-Windsor to the world. Lily was born on Friday, June the 4th at 11.40am in the trusted care of the doctors and staff at Santa Barbara Cottage Hospital in Santa Barbara, California. She weighs seven pounds and 11 ounces. Both mother and child are healthy and well and settling in at home. And then it goes on to talk about her name. So Lily is a name after her great-grandmother, Her Majesty the Queen, whose nickname is Lilibet. Her middle name, Diana, was chosen to honour her beloved late grandmother, the Princess of Wales. This is the second child for the couple who have also ha- um, who also have a two-year-old son named Archie. I love that they put this full name here. Archie Harrison Mountbatten-Windsor and the Duke and Duchess, thank you for warm wishes and prayers as they enjoy this special time as a family. Now, they are on five months of maternity leave, which is very different in America, isn't it? Yeah. Well, they don't normally get a lot, they don't normally get a lot of holiday, do they, Americans? They don't. I mean, to be honest, they could take all the time off in the world. They've got enough money. They don't need. To, you know. Exactly. They could take off the next ten years and still be completely fine. Um, the official congratulations from the Buckingham Palace spokesman said the Queen, the Prince of Wales, and the Duchess of Cornwall 
and the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge have been informed and are delighted with the news of the birth of a daughter for the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. Wonderful. The baby's born. I even said to you, didn't I, Rachel? I messaged you and I said, Megan looked quite big in the Oprah interview. That was like three or four months ago. The baby's bound to come like any day now. And then the next day we had the announcement. Yeah. So I think I was in baby vibes. I was feeling the baby vibes. So let's talk about the controversies. Her name is Lilibet Diana. Do you think the name was an olive branch? Well, I mean, there's so so much to discuss, isn't it, with the name? I think Diana was a given. I think that was obvious. I mean, Charlotte is called Charlotte Elizabeth Diana. Um, and I think that I haven't got a problem with that. I think the controversy of Lilibet is that it's a family nickname to a, a beloved member of the family. But yet a family that you in the last year have dissed continuously. And it's kind of like now it's like Lilibet. No, like I could understand maybe if they've chosen Elizabeth because that would have been like the proper name. And obviously Lilibet, I, I don't think they're going to name her that all the time. I think her name will be Lily. Yeah, I think it will be Lily. But I think, again, the controversy with the name is the fact that Archie's name, they obviously have used their brand and called it Archwell, which is obviously part of Archie's name. With Lilibet, it is a given, especially with members of the royal family, that you cannot make money off the titles. So this is where the controversy lies. And there's this whole um, rigmarole in the media at the moment is, did they get permission to use that name? And was the queen aware with that they were going to call the child that now she she may have been fine with it we we don't know that you're never going to find out for certain but it's always this little bit of well now you can't make money but i think you said to me earlier that they've actually what's the on word friday the 4th of june the the name the domain name has been has been bought it's been registered basically and that could mean different things what the business way is 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 um buying all the domain names so nobody can take that name and commercialize it so whether they're just doing it to safeguard her that would make business sense rather than cashing in but we don't know what their plans are because they're no longer part of the institution so they are free to do whatever they want under a certain umbrella shall we say because we know they're not allowed to cash in on the name but I think that domain name was bought more to safeguard her name than to cash in on it but only time will tell we do not know just as you said just now we really really don't know whether Harry did speak to the queen or not we don't know I mean I know there's been um there's been lawyers Harry and Meghan's lawyers have been involved in actually stopping some of these uh, press publications um, in the UK from from making that claim that they didn't ask the Queen. There was an article by the BBC yesterday that uh, claimed a palace source. I hate it when they say palace source. Just tell us who it is. <laughs> and said the Queen was not asked by the Duke and Duchess of Sussex about naming their, ch- their daughter Lilibet. Um 
The source disputes res- uh, reports in the wake of the announcement of the name that Prince Harry and Meghan had spoken to the Queen before the birth. Now, a Sussex um, spokesperson insisted that they would not have used the name had the Queen not been supportive. So, um, and it's, and apparently the Duke had said during that conversation, he'd shared, sorry, the spokesperson for the Duke had said during that conversation, he shared their hope of naming their daughter Lilibet in her honour. Had she not been supportive, they would not have used the name. So again, there's the their hope. Um, I don't know whether that's been changed recently. I'm not sure. But 10 people, or there's more than 10, by the way, but there's the main 10 females in the royal family all have Elizabeth in their name, whether it's a second, a middle name, like a, the, the first set middle name, the second middle name. Like people have like five middle names. I, I, you know, whatever. But all of them have Elizabeth. Now, one thing I'm going to say, do you know certain mm. people when they have babies, they like astronomy names. So they'll call their kid mm, like sun yeah. and lunar and stars and whatever. They'll have like a theme. Others like um, rugged forest names, like, bear and tree and you know what whatever right um I think they do have a theme as a family they go on nicknames Archie isn't a name of course it's a name but it's it's actually a nickname it's Archibald isn't it uh for Archie um then you've got Megan she doesn't go by her first name which is Rachel Harry doesn't go by his name Henry and now we've got Lilibet which is a nickname obviously the Queen's nickname but then she's not going to go by Lilibet she's going to go by Lily so I think their theme is nicknames unfortunately Mm. um the way I see it I actually think this was a bad move from them I, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I actually do not like the name Lilibet. I don't like it at all. When I first heard the name, I'm, I'm going to be totally honest now. I rolled my eyes. I was like, oh, come on. Like, seriously, mm-hmm. after everything that you've done yeah. in the last like year or so um, and said about the royal family or done towards the royal family, it's just like, really, you're going to go there? <laughs> okay, I've got a few thoughts. Like, it's all coming to me now. Um, yeah, a few yeah. thoughts is, it, yes, Diana, it makes it makes sense. But if, Joe, sometimes you're like, oh, well, we're naming the one side of the family all of the names, but we haven't given the other side of the family all of the names. I think it would be nice to have a name from Megan's side of the family put in there. Yeah, like, why was it she called Doria? Or, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like you know maybe Diana Doria or I don't know but obviously it's it's up to them it's their child at the end of the day they can name her whatever they want to um but it just it seems that it's just like a step too far as such because like you said it is a nickname and it's the whole nickname comes from um the queen herself when she was little she couldn't say Elizabeth and so her parents coined the nickname Lilibet Mm -hmm. And that's where it that's where it stems yeah. from. And I mean, I don't know anyone else called Lily Bear. I know plenty of Elizabeths. I found this tweet um, from the royal reporter Richard Palmer, and he said, "The palace briefing does rather undermine the idea that this was an olive branch to the Queen. Some may think it strengthens the argument that this was a clinical ploy by a couple keen to cement their royal brand, and the one thing that makes them marketable to commercial clients." Mm. So I thought that was um, a really interesting take because, again, like we said, 
It's, it's cashing. It's basically cashing in on the name. It's cashing in on the royal family, on the institution. Yet a part of a family and institution you don't want to be a part of. And I think one theme is coming up for um, here is private and public. So, for instance, the queen she has a role, she has a duty, she can't get away from that. But she has her family, she has her private time. That's a private thing that she gets called Lilibet. It's and not everyone calls her Lilibet. Harry doesn't call her Lilibet. He calls her Granny. So even Prince Charles doesn't call her Lilibet. But the last person to call her Lilibet was Prince Philip. In in my eyes, it just feels like they are bringing again the private life of the royals into the public domain, just like they did with the interview. They, you know, they they said what they they said and. Um, that was telling their truth and airing their dirty laundry, which is an expression we use in Britain to say, you know, just, you know, telling their own truth about things that we wouldn't necessarily know about. And this is, again, I think this is why we say it's a step too far, because if it was Elizabeth, if her name was Elizabeth, we wouldn't be having this discussion, I don't think. Maybe we would still, because there's still that, that, um, that mm. air of, you're saying one thing, but now you're doing another thing. You can't honor someone um, and then slag them off <laughs> in yeah. another way. Um, this this idea that it's such a private, personal name to the Queen. Again, it's not a, a very well-known name, not that I know anyway, especially in Britain. And it's supposed to be honoring the Queen, but actually it's it's depersonalizing her. It's kind of like, it's like, it feels like we're reading her diary. Do you know what I mean? It's like, that is a personal thing. And mm. don't get me wrong. We know that she's called Lilibet, but no one would dare call her Lilibet. And it's kind of like, there's only one Lilibet, but now there's two. <laughs> and as you said, Rach, they're not going to call her Lilibet. They're going to call her Lily. I, I would have liked the name Lily mm. Elizabeth Diana. I think yeah. it was supposed to be really honorable and I think it came from very good intentions. However, if they would have had Lily um, before they left the Royals and didn't have the interview and didn't have all this animosity, it would have been a beautiful honoring of the queen. But you, there's Definitely. another year or and a bit of all of this political, um, I say political, but you know what I mean, family drama, shall we say, that has been, um, it feels like a, a sandstorm. It's just been up in the air. And instead of just letting the sand drop and just settling, feels like it's another, it feels mm. like it's another sandstorm. It feels, and it feels like to me as well, it's just going to sound really harsh now, but it feels like to me, that it's just a way of keeping their their names in the press even though they don't want to be in the press they say they don't want to be a part of the royal family yet like we've said you're using something very personal and um I just I just don't agree with it to be to be fair but they've done what they've done they can't change it you know as I said that it's their daughter they can name her what they want but I think um there has been definitely a lot of uproar from it hasn't there and this is going to sound controversial and let us know what you think in the comments. But to me, it seems like this mm. is a way of them just seeking attention. Yeah, there, there is a rumour. I'm going to say a rumour here. You know what the press are like. 
they'd say they've analyzed a lot of the um well, the congratulations messages on Buckingham Palace and they're speculating that it's actually a surrogacy. Have you heard this, Rach? Have you heard this rumor? No. So for instance, I'll give you um, an example. On the Royal Family Instagram, congratulations to the Duke and Duchess of Sussex on the birth of Lily Beth Diana. Now, usually they would say... Um, she was safely delivered. Yeah. So with, so for instance, with Catherine, Catherine was sif- safely delivered of a uh, baby boy, baby girl, whatever. So it's, um, th- that's kind of, obviously... I think they're just picking at things here. But so the the Cambridges said, we are delighted by the happy news of the arrival of baby Lily. Congratulations to Harry, Meghan and Archie. Clarence House said, congratulations to Harry, Meghan and Archie on the arrival of baby Lily, Beth, Diana. Wishing them all well at this time. Princess Eugenie said, congratulations, dear cousins. We couldn't be happier for you. I really liked Princess Eugenie's one. Yeah, that, that was in her stories. Again, that is hearsay. That is a rumor. So I just yeah. point it out to you uh, today because, I mean, there's so much going on, isn't there, with Lily Beth's arrival? I think that's just basically, though, because they're not working members of the royal family and they haven't got the HRH titles now. Mm. So I, I I don't think it is anything like... She, I, I definitely think she was pregnant, mm. um, but it's probably just because they are no... Mem- they are no longer working royals yeah yeah um and lily bet is her majesty's 11th great grandchild which she'll probably never see well and, and this is another thing she's one of the first senior members of the royal family uh to be born outside of britain so yeah. um that's new that's that's different isn't it also, I was saying earlier about the Duke and Duchess of Sussex getting their law firm involved and their law firm said that the BBC report that the Queen had not been asked permission to use the name Lily Bet was false and defamatory and should not be repeated. And remember that report that I spoke about earlier was the BBC article with that palace source. So I wanted to say that just so we get a fair and balanced view from the, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex plus the, um, the official Buckingham Palace um, statement. So whether the Queen had spoken to Harry before the birth of Lily Bet, so Harry could talk to the Queen about the name, we just don't know. We don't know when we're speculating. And it, it feels like in the press, there's a he said, she said thing, but it's not from the Queen or the Duchess, uh, Duke and Duchess of Sussex. It's from the press and it's from royal commentators. And, you know, like I say, they're just keeping this sandstorm going. So um, in my eyes, I'm glad she was born safely. They can choose to name their child whatever they want. I think it's a bit close to the bone right now that it's Lily Beth, Diana. I think Elizabeth might have been a better choice. Um, but again, I think that's because they like nicknames, like I said before. But I have to say, Rach, there's not many names I actually like. <laughs> so we actually put it out to you, the royal community over on Instagram, what your thoughts on the name were. And let's just say we had a few fair responses, didn't we? <laughs> we did. Thank you so much for replying and being part of the podcast today. So we're going to read some of your comments out now. So sorry if we pronounce some of these names wrong. We're just going to read the Instagram names out. So we'll do our best. <laughs> Jacqueline 16 said, either very immature way of honouring the Queen or probably trying to get attention. KJ Anaya 
I think I said that right. Lily is fine. Lilibet is manipulative. Ooh, that's very interesting. Mm. Danny B, nineteen eighty-five, said in bad taste was a private pet name. Not even Charles called her it. Elizabeth Diana or Diane Elizabeth, not Lily Bet. Disrespectful. Ivana Stepnidnak. Sorry, Ivana, I always say that wrong. A nice name, but not suitable for their child. Hmm. Mm, happy and glorious i was expecting diana but lily bet surprised me tonya glowneck said elizabeth is great lily bet is too personal especially after the criticism of the british royal family and queen elizabeth which is i guess what we were saying and then she went on to say i think the palace made a statement about permission because um the queen does not want to be implicated in monetizing anything the argument over notifying versus asking permission is silly, but maybe one Her Majesty had to make so nothing will ever come back about monetizing via the monarchy. That is a very good point. Mm. That's a very good point. You know, and, and I think historically, then if that does happen, because she has no control over whether that happens or not, then you can't say that she didn't put something out there. So I think, yeah, that is a really good tripwire, shall we say. Mm. Mary Dot John said lovely name and with a lovely heart emoji paid homage to both Harry and Meghan's side of the family yeah and um also we had Philly Beth Cambridge said the name sounds lovely and it's nice that Harry and Meghan decided to honor both Harry's mother and grandmother I don't agree with the choice of Lily Bear. It could have simply been Lily Diana. Lily Bear has a deep personal meaning for the Queen and it should have stayed private, in my opinion. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's just one of those situations where had this happened with none of the uh, the Oprah interview and the moving and all the the me you can't see. If that hadn't have happened, then this would have just been a lovely yeah. homage. Is that the right word? homage a lovely honoring of the queen had it been elizabeth i still think that if this if nothing had happened and he was on really good terms with the royal family at the moment and lilibet was the name i still think it would have it would have caused controversy because it is a very personal name to the queen yeah i think it would have but i don't think it would have been the extent that it has been yeah because i think it like like you said earlier it seems a little bit um, hypocritical to um, love them but then slag them off but again as I said you know you can love your family and hate them at the same time so it's only time will tell with this and the the one thing we all need to be you know just keep our heads in the game and say the baby was delivered safely she's in good care and um, they're going to take off five months as a family so will we see a picture of Lily? soon Rach what do you think maybe we might get something for Father's Day but you know what they're like for releasing photos we'll probably just see some hands or a feet or you know yeah so thank you so much for joining us today on Keeping Up With The Windsors join us over on Instagram at Keeping Up With The Windsors pod thank you for listening we'll see you again on Keeping Up With The Windsors. Windsors